reads this way. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it brings all truth to us, Lord, that it it opens up our minds to what you have for us. Lord, I pray that you would open up our hearts this morning, Lord, that we would receive from you. Lord, that we'd be challenged this morning to be more like you. Lord, it's uh, spoken in your name. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, do you believe that next Wednesday is Election Week? Right. I just got used to 19, and now we're in a whole new decade. And so this morning, it's going to be a, a little different, so bear with me. I want just to take some time, because I think it's important that every year we take some time and do a little bit of reflection. Um, you know, often we just plow through a year, and, and we just get going, and then like today, you realize, oh my goodness, the year is over. And, you know, next week I got to start my taxes, and then before you know it, summer is here, and before you know it, Thanksgiving is here, and before you know it, you know, Christmas is here. Maybe we just, yeah, slow down, maybe I just, we just leave these up and just shut the lights off, and we'll just go ahead and, and get there. So this morning, I, I'd like you to go ahead, if you have paper and pen, which I'm sure most of you don't, um, paper and pen, or your phones, or your iPads, or your tablets, or whatever you have that you might take some notes on, just take a minute this morning, and I think it'd be good to start the end of this year by looking back on what God has done in your life. You know, we've been trying to focus as a staff and as leadership when we gather together or we gather in groups or whatever it might be to continually ask, um, you know, do you have a God story? Has God done something in your life this week? Recognizing that, one, God is always moving, that the Holy Spirit is always moving, the Holy Spirit is always doing things in our life, and that he is always providing, he is always uh, 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 showing us what to do, showing us how to do things, that he is always moving in our way aware. We also realize that encouraging one another with what God has done in our life, it just uplifts us. And sometimes we need that encouragement just ourselves. I don't know about you, but when I get to the end of the year, sometimes I forget what it is that's happened in the year. So we're going to take a minute. It's going to be a minute, one full minute of kind of semi-silence. And I want you to write down, wherever it is, not the whole story, not the whole God story. We won't have that much time. But a couple of notes, maybe one or two or even three things that have happened in your life this year that God has done. Then we're going to take just a minute and reflect back on what God has done in your life this year. Just go ahead and write down. just a little bit you know in, in, in my life when, when I look back over the course of the year it is absolutely remarkable how many things God has done that before I did this I, w I wasn't necessarily thinking about very often that there were time and time again where God provided for our needs where God you know gave me wisdom where God gave me joy where God gave me peace 
Now, I'll share one of my examples with you. One of our big God stories this year is our kids go to Hickory Grove Baptist Church. Uh, no, not church, sorry. They go to Hickory Grove Baptist School. I've been hanging out with Will Lyons too long and thought, oh, this is a good idea. And um, it's been a great school. And, and so our, our kids go there. And last year, they upped tuition by $1,000 per kid. Yes, see? Right, $1,000 per kid. And we were wondering what in the world is going to happen. What is going to happen? You know, we received some scholarship money and, and that kind of stuff to go there. That's how we were able to go there. And so we just began praying. You know, Lord, you know wh- what we're supposed to do. You know uh, where we need to be. We're going to trust you, you know, and, and p- to put our kids in the school you want. And so we filled out all the applications and filled out all the applications, and we were waiting and we were waiting and we were waiting. And about a week or so before the first payment was due, we received word from our scholarship fund, uh, Christian scholarship fund. I, I'm sure a number of you guys have known that. And they upped each of our kids' tuition, uh, each of our kids' um, scholarships by $1,000.50. It was absolutely amazing. We weren't sure what we were going to do. We were just trusting God, and we, we had just put our feet in the ground, and we had decided we are going to trust God. And, and sure enough, that's what happened. The thing is, if we don't take time to look back at these things, we will quickly forget what God has done. And that might not seem like a big deal, but it actually is. It'll put you in a state, if you don't remember what God has done, it'll put you in a state, in my opinion, of fear, worry, and doubt when God calls you to move. If you don't remember often what he has done, it can easily put you in a state of fear and anxiety, worry, and doubt when God calls you to move. And so when we begin to look at this psalm, Psalm 121, the psalmist says it's actually kind of a two-part psalm, in my opinion. It's quite fascinating. And so this first part, he says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You know, it really isn't a question. He's not asking a question. He's not wondering. He's not, I don't know where my help comes from. Oh, it comes from the Lord. He really is answering a rhetorical, almost like he's been having a conversation, not a rhetorical question. Like he's having a conversation and somebody says, where does your help come from? And he says, where does my help come from? And then he says, confidently, my help comes from the Lord. And, and as you begin to just dwell on this just, just for a few seconds, the psalmist understood with full confidence that his help came from the Lord. And not just any old God, not just any old Lord, but the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And I can't help but wonder if the psalmist knew full well and remembered often what God had done for him in his life, how God had moved. When he looked back at, at his life, he remembered when God moved and when God spoke to him and when God filled him with his joy and gave him his peace and, and spoke words of wisdom into his life so that he could make sound decisions. So when he said this, he says, my help, it comes from the Lord. He says, he looks up. I look up, and that's where my help comes from. And I want to challenge us for this 2020 year, not, not New Year's resolutions, not a new vision, but in, in new confidence. To walk in the confidence like this psalmist said, says, I know where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. I'm a big fan of, of um, when we start something new, that we stop something old. I read a book one time. Uh, by a pastor, Greg Groeschel, and, and it was you know kind of like one of those seven healthy leaders' habits. I don't know. It's a great book. Try and go find it. 
after with all that information I just gave you. And he talked about uh, creating new habits in our life. And, and in his opinion, and it's worked well for me, the best way to do it is to create one new habit at a time and stop one old habit at a time. To not make five different New Year's resolutions or five different habits you want to start or five different habits you want to get rid of, but to stop one and to start one. And so this year, I'm challenging you to stop trying to do it on your own and to start looking up, to start understanding where your help comes from. It's, it's interesting in this psalm, he talks about himself at first, and then he flips the script and begins to talk to someone else. He says, my help comes from the Lord, and he understands it full well. It's such a confident statement. It's not a wishy-washy. It's not a wondering. It is assurance. And then he begins to encourage whoever it is that needs to hear this this morning. And so I want you to read this. Actually, I don't want you to read this. I want you to listen to this from me as I read it to you. And wherever it is in your life, whether there's, there's fear and doubt in your life, whether there's worry, that this is the word of God for you. He begins to speak to somebody. He says, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. But then he changes. He says, he will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forever. The psalmist fully understood where his help comes from. He, he knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, so he began to speak it to somebody else. He didn't say, the Lord watches over me, the Lord you know, keeps me from harm, the Lord watches my coming and going. He specifically changed and began to say, the Lord watches your coming and going. The Lord watches you. You will not come to harm because the Lord is watching over you. And as we move in, into 2020, this is the word that I feel God is speaking is, is the Lord is watching over you. Quit trying to do it yourself. When we try to do it ourselves, we look at every single thing around us and fear and worry and doubt creep in. But when we begin to take our eyes off that and begin to focus in on the holiness of God, the, the majesty of God, the glory of God as we were singing here, all that can be washed away. And we can begin to step into things. As I was praying through these verses, it, it, God began to just speak to me. The Holy Spirit just began to quicken to me that God is calling each of us and as a whole, I'm going to get to that in just a second, to take steps this year. The word that I had is, is that it is time to move forward. And if you look throughout the Bible uh, and, and all the incredible accounts of God moving, somebody had to take a step. God called them to something, and then they had to take a step. Noah had to begin to build an ark when he knew nothing of water and rain and floods. Well, he, didn't, he knew about water, but of, of the idea that rain would come down from the sky and, and begin to flood. He still had to step out and begin to build the ark. When Joshua stepped into the raging waters, he had no idea other than his confidence in the Lord, his confidence in where his help came from, that the water would stop. The disciples had no other idea, were given no other roadmaps other than come follow me. 
And the Lord has been speaking to you this morning and, and this last couple of weeks, maybe even all of 2019, and has been calling you to take a step. I don't know what the step is. I don't know what it might be. It might be something simple. It might be something gigantic. I, I, I don't know. But the Lord is saying to you this morning, take the step. And he's saying to you this way, he says, I will not let your foot slip. I will watch over you. I will not slumber. I will not sleep. I, the Lord, will be your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you, nor the moon by night. I, the Lord, will keep you from all harm. I will watch over your life. I will watch over your coming and going both now and forever. I really feel like the room is filled with people. It's super obvious. That's one of my giftings. But with hope and expectation, but also quite a bit of worry and fear about taking a step, about moving into whatever it might be. Maybe it's a complete new di- direction in your life. Maybe it's, it's stepping up into a different role or stepping out of a role into something else. I don't know what it might be, but the Lord is saying you need to take the step. The time is now. That he is calling and he is saying you take the step and I watch over you. I will meet you. It really comes back to, and, and I could preach this every single week, and I know it will probably do some. It really does come back to obedience. The Lord says, move. And when we move, he meets us. When we follow his direction and, and we lean on his understanding and, and we don't lean on our own understanding, he meets us. And he begins to show us the next step. Sometimes some, some of your moves might, begin, uh, might be to begin to crawl out of something, to step out of something. You know, and all you need is the first stair. You don't need to see all the stairs. You just need to see the first one. And that's how God works, right? He doesn't really show you the whole roadmap. He just says, here's your step, take it. Here's your step, take it. Here's your step, take it. But the Lord wants you to know it is time to move. It is time to step. And I am going to watch over you doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be easier, that it's always going to be fun. There will come trials and tribulations. When we begin to move, so does the enemy. The enemy will come after you uh, as you begin to move. But the Lord says no harm will come to you. And so as I pray and as I pray for us, I pray that we would begin to walk in that confidence. That we can then begin to say, "Where where does my help come from? I know for sure my help comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from me. It doesn't come... From, from my work, it doesn't come from my family. It comes from the Lord. And then something neat begins to happen as, as you step into the next psalm, 122. 122 is, is the next psalm. It begins to come not just from this individual standpoint, but it then becomes this corporate body standpoint. And I, I believe with my whole heart, and, and we've been beginning to talk about it in, in leadership and in staff and in elders, that God is calling us as a church to take steps. And I think they're big steps. And you're going to begin to hear about it over the next number of weeks and to months of, of what we feel God is calling us to. And here's what the psalmist says in Psalm 122. He says, I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. You know, and, and I talked about this three or four weeks ago, that One of my goals, one of our family goals is that when the church is open and something is going on, we are going to do our best to be here. Because I want to rejoice when somebody says, let's go to the house of the Lord. 
Let's go to the house of the Lord and pray. Let's go to the house of the Lord and worship. Let's go to the house of the Lord and feast. I will change all my schedule for that. But when we gather together, there's, there's something that begins to happen. When we seek the Lord together, there's something that begins to happen. In Acts, you saw it. As they gathered together, people were added to their number daily. It says God added to their number daily, not them. It literally says God added to their number daily. Psalm goes on to say in verse 2 and 3, Our feet are standing in your gate, in your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. It is where the tribes go up with the tribes of the Lord to praise the name of the Lord according to the statute given to Israel. You know, it, it really is talking about Jerusalem. It's talking about um, that city. But it also is talking about the people of God. The psalmist is talking about the people of God. He says that when they gather, it's closely compacted. It's where the tribes, so you have different people, different nations, different your backgrounds, whatever it might be, they come together as one body. And it's where they worship and it's where they praise the Lord. And, hey, Josh, I'm going to step down here. And uh, so if it feedback, I'm just going to go ahead and apologize. Don't look at the sound. It would be my fault. And, and I didn't tell anybody. Is it okay if I step down here? <laughs> so far, so good. And there is power when we gather together. And there's power when each of us brings our gifts. And then the converse is true that there is not power when we don't gather together. And that when one person is missing, we are missing your gift. And I believe with all my heart, God is calling us to worship. And so up here, I have this puzzle. I don't know if you can see it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tilt it up. You guys can pray. I'm going to tilt it up just for a second. Just pray. There's this puzzle. It looks kind of like that. Not quite as cool. It's ordered from Slovenia, of all places. And it's a puzzle of, of our, um, our logo. And so this morning, we're going to take just a minute. Hey, Steph, can you come? Steph, can you come up? We're going to take just a minute. Because I, I believe today is a significant Sunday and next, next week. Because I know a number of people are still out of town. And, and so this isn't a once-off. We're going to have it up at least for another week, if not two. But this represents our church. And it's not fully put together. It turned out really nice, but it's not fully put together because it's a 500-piece puzzle and about 350 of the pieces are all blue. And so um, we ran out of time. And by we, I mean everybody else. I only put like four pieces in here. But what I'm going to ask you to do in, in just a minute is I'm going to ask each of you who, who are willing to bind your hearts together and to take a piece of the puzzle and realize that it is seriously significant. And, and, and if, if you're here in your college and this is your home church, take a piece. If you're here and you feel like this is your home church, take a piece. And if you, if you can't be here every week and you feel like this is where God's calling you, take a piece. And what I want you to do is I want you to keep it with you. So keep it in your wallet, keep it in your purse, keep it wherever you can see it on a consistent, hopefully daily basis. To remember that you are part of the body of Christ. And that together we are called to move. Together we are called to impact the city, our workplaces, our nation. And that if you're missing, you are missed. 
If you're missing, you're missed. And by having a piece of this puzzle and binding our hearts, you are significant in this thing. That God is calling not just us as individuals, but he's calling us as a body to move. And so in just a second, I'm going to pray. and I'm going to ask you, you can come from both sides. I don't think we need ushers. I think you guys can handle this to come and take any piece that you want. You can take part of the made puzzle, any piece that you want. But I'm asking you to only take it if you're binding your hearts together with us as a church to trust one another, to trust what God is doing, to look to the hills, that, that we look back at what God's doing, we look up for our help, and we look to the future of what he wants to do here among us. Lord, I thank you and I praise you for who you are. I thank you and I praise you for calling us together as one body, Lord. And I pray that we would be like those people in Acts, Lord, that gathered together to seek your face, that gathered together to move when the Holy Spirit said move, that stepped out in boldness every time, Lord, knowing, knowing that you watch over us, knowing that you watch our coming and going, knowing Lord, that now and forever you are with us. Lord, I would pray that you would grant us boldness. Lord, that we would be bold in our faith. We would be bold to speak your love. Lord, we would be bold to live according to your word. Lord, that we would see people come to know you. Lord, people snatched out of hell, people healed, people saved, people set free from addictions and bondage and whatever it might be in their life. Lord, that as we bind together, Lord, as one church, one body, we will see your kingdom come in the city that we live in. So if you will.